Hey, welcome to our podcast. I'm Tom Blackwood, Executive Pastor at Calvary Church. We hope you'll find something every week that inspires and encourages you in your faith. You can subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen so that you'll never miss an update. Hope you enjoy the message. Well, it is uh, the last day of 2023. How many of you recognize that as we uh, grow older, we, we say things all the time when we have moments like this, like, wow, where did this year go? You know, we always say that and all the, 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 our kids and everything roll our eyes like, well, you say that every year, dad or whatever. But it is amazing that we're here in that moment where it's the last day of the year. And I'm so glad that you're uh, joining with us today. Thank you for prioritizing being in God's house. That's a good thing. If you were here last week, wasn't that just a, a fun opportunity for our 11 o'clock and our nine o'clock to join together? It was a packed house. Like you, you may enjoy some elbow room a little bit in the road that you're in today, but last week you didn't have that. And uh, let's let that be a goal for 2024. How about we just pack it out every time and see what God's doing? I'm excited about 2024. It's going to be an incredible year. This Today, however, we get an opportunity to, to do a little bit of a look back and uh, to see where God has brought us and also to see how that, <clears throat> excuse me, how that his faithfulness launches us not uh, just into a remembering time, but it launches us into the into the future as well. Today, we're going to start just a little series um, with this phrase, advance, that we've heard before. Uh, at the end of last year, we're taking it um, a little bit different direction here and an additional direction to figure out, okay, God, you have given us a clarion call in Joshua's story where he said, advance. Okay, that's great. We're going to. What are those next steps? And so we're going to look at God's word in the story of Joshua today in the next few weeks to see what the practical applications and spiritual um, deposits that God wants to put into our lives today. The application of the story in, in Joshua's, um, gospel, or not the gospel, the story of Joshua is, is both corporate and individual. If you'll allow me just to kind of reflect back a little bit as it relates to this idea that God had used Joshua to tell the people, the children of Israel there to advance, we then, Calvary Church, put some anchors onto what that meant for us. And many of you have uh, read and seen the... the um, the banners on the back of the uh, the sanctuary wall here today that that articulate four of those those moments, and I just want to, as a as a point of reminder, in bringing those uh, back to your um, continued remembrance today, and maybe celebrate a little bit on each of those as well. We believe that God has called us to have a multiplication mindset. We believe that Calvary will have five campuses of of ministry and outreach by the year 2026. We've got. Three years to, to see that happen. And I'm so grateful that God has allowed us this year to, to launch into one of those spaces. Calvary Espanol started September of 2023, and it's just been incredible to see what God has been doing in that ministry already. We also, that was a corporate, we, we said individually that we will not insult God by thinking small about our impact in the marketplace and in the community. We talked about legacy stewardship. We said that Calvary will partner with public schools as well as seek God for wisdom on the, the launch of an additional option in the education space. Can I bring to you a report on that to say you will not want to miss 
the annual business and vision meeting for the membership here at Calvary Church on January 24th. We're going to give a little report as to what God is asking us to do in that space. I'm excited about that. While I'm talking about the, the annual business and vision meeting, a little side, side note, if you're a member here at Calvary Church, and honestly, it's available for everybody. It'll be on a Wednesday night, January 24th. It's in the youth auditorium, and, and it's a time for us to reflect back and celebrate what God has done. It's also a time for us to do some of the business uh, of the church, and, and as it relates to that, you'll see in the lobbies today. There's some nomination cards for those that, that God may be nom- using you to nominate as it relates to the um, position of the board uh, of deacon on the board there. And so you'll want to take advantage of that and, and draw yourselves, draw attention to that in the lobbies as well. We talked about this legacy stewardship idea, not just corporately, but individually. It says that we will pursue a unified vision between families and the church in educating and discipling all generations, young and old. I love the fact that we, we have so many different expressions of that currently at Calvary, and we will continue to steward those, those legacy moments. I love the, the phrase missional generosity. We have a goal that God would allow us to be part of investing in kingdom building ministries all over the world. And we believe one of the markers of that is that, that we will be a church that gives away a million dollars a year through kingdom builders. You say, Pastor John, that's a lofty goal. I understand it, but the last two years, we have hit all-time highs in the, the, the history of Calvary Church. In the last two years, we've broken our own records, right? In the last uh, two years, we've given over a million dollars to kingdom builders. And two, we believe God's wanting us to do that in one. Just in the month of December, this past year, can I just say thank you? You heard from one of our partners at One Hope, but there's, there's countless others. Just in the month of December, gave away $200,000 of investments into ministries all over the world and different missionary partners. And for that, I just believe the Lord, Lord smiles and says, thank you for being generous. We know, know there's no greater place that we reflect the character of God than when we express our generosity to others. God so loved the world that he gave. And we are well on our way to, to seeing God uh, just expand our missional generosity. The statement on the back wall says, we will live with a posture of gratitude and model a spirit of generosity in our giving, our serving, and our sending. Then finally, we talked about community expansion. Calvary will provide inviting atmospheres to our community by expanding our lobby spaces and developing outdoor spaces. Yeah, Pastor John, we haven't had any, any traction on that. You're right. We're leaning into the timing of that, and we're trying to, to hear God as to, to time and, and, and process in that space. The, the individual application of that, however, is ongoing in an incredible way. And that statement says, we will make room in our own lives for relationships that make disciples. This past fall, we launched into some different home groups that met all over the, the triad. They're launching back up again in the, the, the spring or in the, the first of the new year. And what we experienced at the end of last year is that these home groups, they filled up. And so I'm saying to you that if you feel like God is pushing you into an area of what those next steps may be individually, God may be calling you to lead one of our home groups. I would just encourage you with all the passion I can muster to um, lean into that and see what God may be having you to do to expand your 
community involvement and influence there. So we will continue to advance. But as we look at this story of Joshua, there are some next steps that I believe God is strategically um, uh, drawing our attention to today, corporately and individually. This story of Joshua is so, uh, it's incredible. I love it. It's one of my favorites in all of scripture. It talks about the, the, the very real implication of, of, of leadership transition and, and, and going from a, an, a, just an incredible hero of the faith. And many of you may have seen the, the animated movie Prince of Egypt and heard the story of Moses or you've read or studied his story and, and knew that, man, what a, what a story of God's grace and empowering of a, of a leader that, that would feel very inadequate to lead and yet God empowered him. And yet there comes this moment that we read in the book of Joshua where this transition has taken place and yet God's mission and his vision never decrease. It is never a moment where God says, well, that was good while it lasted, but oh well, can't go any further. No, no, no. He says, okay, what's next? And he leans in to the people there in this moment and pushes them into these next steps. Let's bring it a little personal and and more uh, practical. Do you remember, I'm gonna ask you just to kind of imagine your life, some of these next step moments in your your own lives. Let me make it personal. For some of you that are parents, you may uh, understand or be living in this moment right now. Do you remember the moment? I can remember when the day came that our, our children, our babies at the point, they didn't need baby food. Like we could literally go into a restaurant and not have to get, you know, lug the survival pack of, of baby food in with us and all this stuff. It was like, you can order off the menu and just give them some little, you know, whatever. And it was great. Or, or the day when we had those next steps when our kids didn't need diapers anymore. Parents, you can understand this. This is like getting a pay raise, right? It's like, you're just like, where did all this money come from? Oh, we were spending it on diapers. And all. So there's these next steps that happen. Then your kids learn to ride a bike, right? Or maybe you are young enough where you can remember that day when you learned to ride a bike and you're like, oh, it's great. And now we can, you know, there's a little bit of freedom and a lot of skinned up knees to go along with it. But there's, there's these next steps that are really really encouraging and exciting when we look back. I remember um, most recently in our family, just a few years ago, um, four, I think, right at four, that, that Chloe got her driver's license. I remember walking out of the, the DMV and we had, you know, everybody takes the picture and posts it. And all of us parents, we have to say things like, get off the roads, pray. You know, we have to say all those little things that we, we do or whatever. But hey, you know what? We've all survived. It's been okay. And, and yet those next steps continue to happen. Maybe it's your, your first date with your, your spouse, or maybe it's uh, the, the first moment that, 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 that you had a child yourself. Whatever these next steps are, there are opportunities when you take these next steps to, to remember back but to look forward to know that God always has next steps coming in the future as well. Maybe spiritual next steps. Some of you, even this year, you can look back on this year and say, this was the year I gave my life to Jesus. This was the year it became real for me. And if you're in the room and that's your story, we celebrate with you. 
And what an incredible moment of next steps. Some of you maybe, it's, it's, you've had the relationship with the Lord, but it, but it became one of those that you started empowering um, the, the growth of that relationship in your life with, with spiritual disciplines. This year, 2023, may have been the first year that you, you really took serious the idea of reading his, his word and seeing what God was speaking to you daily in Bible study. Maybe you uh, invested some time this year in, 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 in another discipline as far as prayer or, or being involved in a small group. Whatever those next steps you took this, this year in your life, God has used them. Maybe this year was the year that you got baptized in water. And you took that next public step to say, wow, God has done something internally and I want to show that externally. We celebrate with you as well. Whatever the next steps in your life are or have been, the good news is that God is still a God of the next steps. He does not want any of us to stay put and just to sit there and say, wow, that was awesome. I'm done. Newsflash, if you're still here this morning and you're hearing my voice and you're in this room in, in bad English, but it's this way, you ain't done, as we say in Texas, right? You, you, you're just not done. There, there's still a mission that God has for you to, um, to accomplish. This past week, I was, I was honored to be in a room uh, and, and listen to a family uh, honor and recognize their dad and grandfather that had passed away, a member here at Calvary, um, uh, that we were, we were just so honored to just know a few, a few months of his life. Larry Patton passed away a few days ago, and, and hearing his family celebrate um, the story of someone who, who lived a life of reflecting God's grace even until the very end. There was not a finish line on, on this side of eternity, there was, there was a going full forward and God always had next for him, hearing from daughters and, and family members about some stories there. I'm so encouraged to know that God always is a God of the next step. He's always continuing his call for us to advance. Some of the questions that we may wanna wrestle with as we look at this passage in Joshua today, what areas in our lives do we need to, to conquer or take territory in? What are, the, what are the physical, emotional, relational, spiritual different areas in our lives that God is pushing us today to, to take some next steps in? What, what strongholds, what obstacles do you know are waiting for you in this next year? And maybe even those that you don't even know, you just know they're gonna be there, right? The, Joshua and the children of Israel, they, they didn't know all that awaited them. They could see the Jordan River and, and they, they had heard of Jericho, but they, they really didn't know what awaited them until they began this journey. There's, there's obstacles that you will face. Maybe it's ones that you know about, maybe you don't. But what are those next steps that God is pushing you to, to consider to take today? To wrestle with these questions, I think it would be uh, important for us to, to consider these things in light of Scripture. Joshua chapter 1 begins the story of this amazing leader that takes the children of Israel through this journey of step after step after step and seeing God's hand miraculously provide for them in, in their story. It starts in Joshua chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 5. It says, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. This is the Lord speaking to Joshua. And he said, I will not fail you 
or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Verse seven, be strong and very courageous. You'll hear that that phrase repeated over and over, and maybe God's wanting to say that to you today. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Boy, we could, we could close the book and, and be encouraged and walk out of here today knowing that God is with you wherever you will go. Whatever this year holds, whatever today holds, God is with you wherever you will go. Joshua receives this encouragement and then he begins to give the orders on how they are to take next steps. He goes to the leaders and tells them some of these next steps. And in chapter three, it says, three days later, the Israelite officers went through the camp, giving these instructions to the people that Joshua had given to them. And they said, when you see the Levitical priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, move out from your positions and follow them. Since you've never traveled this way before, they will guide you. Can I give you a, an anchor or a takeaway even from this passage here? None of us have walked through the events that 2024 have for us. We just haven't. That's what the future means. And yet in this passage, there's a principle that I think would be great for us to apply to our own lives, and that is that where the ark, which represented the presence of the Lord, where God goes, we go. How many times do we walk into a year and we write all these things down and we say, God, here's my plans. Here, here they are. Bless them. And it could be that God may want us to today and, and this year say, God, where are you going? What does 2024 look like for my life, for the church? Where, 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 is, it, where is it at? Where, where's the presence of the Lord going? Let's, let's listen to see where he's leading and then we'll follow. And then we'll follow. Some of us have that, that equation a little bit different and I just wanna encourage you to, to see where God's going and then follow. He goes on so many times uh, uh, throughout this story, there's different steps of process and step in that that I just wanna draw your attention to a few. And the first one is very simple. It just simply, get yourself ready. Get yourself ready. Get yourself ready. Say it again, get ready. There's a word that Joshua uses through the, through the word of the Lord through the people, and it's this word called consecration. That's kind of a heavy word, right? We don't, we don't use very often, but, but it was a powerful moment that, that literally meant to them physically and spiritually, get ready. 
You see, the story of, of Joshua began with them on, on one side of this, this, uh, this river, Jordan River, this massive river that was just almost impossible to cross. And, and they're, they're sitting here in this moment that we're going to read about, and God begins to give them words of encouragement to say, get ready, get ready, get ready, right? And he says to consecrate yourself and, and prepare for what is ahead of us. He said consecration was something that was important. In chapter 3, verse 5, he says, Joshua told the people, purify or consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. What does this mean, consecrate yourself? It, it simply means to prepare for what God has for us. It means for that internal um, preparation of, of, of posturing our heart and our spirit to say, God, search me. Is there anything in my life right now that is hindering me following you? And God, if there is, please, please make that very clear and give me the strength that I could be strong and courageous to lay it aside and leave it on this side of the Jordan so I don't have the burden on the other side. Consecration is a word that it's, it's about preparation. It's about purifying. It's about how we can prepare for what God wants to do, not just in the corporate, but how we can prepare for what God wants to do in our hearts and lives. If you've been in, in religious circles, I'll say it like that, um, just for clarity here a little bit, sometimes we can, we can get all these check, bar, uh, check marks in, a, in the disciplines and say, oh, if I just do this and this and this and this, I will put a demand on the activity of God. And that is not consecration. The consecration that the Bible is talking about is that our hearts would be, be focused on and our posture would be, God, where are you leading and I wanna follow you? Don't let there be anything in my life that would, that would hinder my ability to hear. In fact, one of the authors I was reading uh, this past week about this idea, I love the way he says it. John Lindell says this, this is consecration is not about effort, it's about attention. It's about making space for God. I heard someone talk about their spiritual disciplines in their quiet time one time, and I, I, I tend to lean into this as well, that, that I, I understand technology, and I can pull up the, my Bible app and all the different things on this device and have 17 different versions and study guides and all this stuff. But as it relates to me hearing from God, the best thing I can do to, to have attention on the Lord is, is remove distractions because it, it does, for me personally, there's great in but it becomes a distraction. And sometimes consecration is a moment for us not to expend all this effort to try to, to, to work ourselves into God acting, but it's just simply to, to give God space. There are two very practical ways that I've seen God do that in my own life, and I think scripture backs this up very plainly. In fact, Jesus modeled this as well, and then the early church in Acts, there's two spiritual disciplines that I think lean into this really clearly, and that's when we pray and when we fast. And when we fast and when we pray. And when we pray and when we fast. And, we fast, and you say, well, well what's, the, what's the idea behind that? The idea is not the effort. The idea is the attention that we're giving to the Lord. And, and just as, a, as a, an opportunity possibly that maybe God's saying something to you in this space that 2024 would be a different year for you to, to consecrate yourself, to, to get ready. 
Every Wednesday night, seven o'clock here in the sanctuary, we have just a moment of, of, of corporate prayer, but then the, the sanctuary is open and people are praying every week. We'll start back up this Wednesday. We took the holiday week off, but it'll start this Wednesday where we'll just set aside time for the Lord to speak. Very informal, we'll, I lead just a little bit and then we'll ask, what's God saying to you? And we have a board that you can write what God's saying to you, put prayer needs. What is that about? It's about preparation. It's about stilling your heart in the middle of the week and saying, God, speak. It's about attention. It's about making ourselves available. This other side of this equation, Jesus actually modeled this as it relates to, to fasting. And some of you, oh, that scares me because oh, I, I don't wanna do this and that's just, oh, that's legalistic. And, no, 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 it's actually very biblical. It's a way for us to posture ourselves and to make, atten- make, make room so that our attention is focused on the Lord. You say, well, what is fasting? Fasting, in, in one way of looking at it, is just the intentional denying of something uh, that your flesh wants, and most, light, most of the times it's related to food, denying something and, and substituting that with an attention of your spirit to the Lord. For me personally, that has involved different seasons of fasting in the past, and, and God is leaning, uh, is, is pushing and, and encouraging me to begin and to do that, not to begin, but to do that again here at the beginning of this year as well, to have a time of fasting. For me personally, it's, it's, it's 21 days. I believe that God's calling us, and I'm just going to throw it up here just as a kind of a challenge for, for anybody that wants to join me. 21 days of, of fasting and prayer, January 1st, that's tomorrow. Oh my goodness, it's, it's football day. How can you fast on January 1? The Cowboys already won last night, so it's okay. We'll be all right. You're welcome, Pastor Edgar. That was for you, buddy. So it, it was, it's good. So, but, but, but 21 days. So for me personally, um, I, I just believe that God's calling me for 21 days to fast a meal a day. And, and to focus during that time, um, one of the things that I've done in the last couple months that uh, has just been really a, a, a cool spiritual moment for me, and, and that is just driving the loop here in Greensboro. It's 39 miles from one point all the way around and praying over the city. And so that's what my 21 days is going to look like. I just encourage you, ask God, what's God telling you to do to prepare for what he has for us to do in the future. I, I don't know what that may be. Some people have, have fasted technology during that time. Some, some fast all, uh, all meals and just do, do fluids and, 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 and liquids. Whatever God's telling you to do, it's not about the effort, it's about the attention. And I believe that God will speak to us. Sometimes we, we uh, put a list out there and say, oh, we're fasting for this or whatever. That's great. I've done it before that way too. And sometimes God, God hits every mark and sometimes it's like he has a different list that I didn't even know about that during the fast he's told me about. I'm like, well, throw my list away and you know, we'll, we'll just take yours, which is probably the, the, uh, the reason for it anyway. I don't know what the, the end result of that looks like, but I do know our posture in consecration to the Lord and purifying and, and preparing ourselves is important. Sometimes we just have to be comfortable with uncertainty. Sometimes we just have to take a step of faith like the children of Israel did and say, okay, God, I'm just going to try it. I'm going to step into this. I'm going to take my next step and just go where you're, where you're calling me to go here and just trust you for the future. I was, I, I love different quotes. In fact, Bob Goff is one of my favorite authors. He says it this way. He says, the way we deal with uncertainty says a lot about whether Jesus is ahead of us leading or just behind us carrying our stuff. Where's he at for you? Be okay with uncertainty. Be okay with that. 
And I believe God can lead and guide us in 2024 as well. Well, what do they do next? They left the camp. They had to leave where they were camped out. Now, now there, there's a lot of different application and, and principle attached to this, but the truth of what I think God is wanting to, to, to share with us today is that it is okay to camp. They had to camp here before they crossed over, but they did not stay here. They did not stay in the camp. They did not stay in a moment of saying, well, he's brought us this far. I know Jericho's over there, but we're just gonna stay right here. No, Joshua, through hearing the word of the Lord, says advance, we're gonna go across this river and, and see what God could do. They had to take that first step. So what happened in their story? Joshua chapter three. So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan, this flooded out Jordan that was, was an incredible obstacle. And the priests who were carrying the ark went ahead of them. It was the harvest season and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance away at a town called Adam, which is near Zarathon. And the water below that point flowed onto the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. And then all of the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. It's interesting in that all, all of the people crossed over. No one stayed at the camp. They moved the camp and they advanced to where God was sharing that they were supposed to go. They had to take that first step. Can I tell you that the, the river, the Jordan River, did not miraculously divide before they took the step? Don't you know those priests that were the first in line? They had to have that moment where it was like, oh God, we know you've done it in the past, right? We, 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 saw, we, we know the Red Sea, we get it. Water's not an obstacle for you, we understand. But this is our step here. And you know, that first step was probably a little bit full of trepidation there, but they did. They had to take that first step before the miracle happened. We see that all through scripture. We see that in the, in the story of the, the feeding of the 5,000. Where was the miracle? The, 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 the loaves and fishes didn't miraculously just appear in the baskets before they started distributing. No, the miracle happened when they began to act. Now, I believe it's a principle in God's word that he is saying, look, I'm God. I can do this. What I'm waiting for is for you to take a step because then I'll come alongside you and then you'll see the miraculous. And that's exactly what happened here in this story of in Joshua. All the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. Crossing over, it was a decisive moment in the history of Israel. And it can be in ours and yours as well. I don't know what that river, what that obstacle looks like. It may be a relationship for you. It may be something that needs to, you need to tackle this year. It may be a, a habit that just keeps pulling you down. You need to tackle that with the power of God this year and take that first step. And then his spirit, I promise, will come alongside of you with a, with a heart that's postured to you, to, towards him, and he will empower you to cross that river. Happens all throughout scripture. What's the next step? Well, they, after they crossed, they had to do something, and that was very significant that we're going to do this, this morning as well. There is a moment when you cross that river, when you see the miraculous, to look back and 
and remember God's faithfulness. If you're like, if you're like me, and, or maybe you've been around leaders, that, but slowing down is a, really, is a challenge, I think there's a lesson for us in this story that God may be wanting to say to us that, that when you come to those moments when you're on the other side of, of, of the river, the other side of the Jordan River, it's, it's good and healthy to look back and say, God, all my life you have been faithful. All my life you've been so, so good. There are moments that God gives us on the other side of the Jordan to reflect back and remember his faithfulness. We see in this story that that's exactly what they did as well. Joshua chapter four, when all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, now choose 12 men, one from each tribe, and tell them, take 12 stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan. Carry them out and pile them up at the place where you will camp tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had chosen, one from each of the tribes of Israel, and he told them, go into the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each of you pick up one stone, carry it out on your shoulder, 12 stones in all, one for each of the tribes of Israel. And we will use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them, they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. It goes on in verse 21 of this chapter. It says, then Joshua said to the Israelites, in the future, your children are asked, what do these stones mean? He's repeating this. He said, then you can tell them, this is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the river right before your eyes, and he kept it dry until you were all across, just as he did at the Red Sea when he dried it up until we had all crossed over. He did this so all the nations of the earth might know that the Lord's hand is powerful, and so you might fear the Lord your God forever. Church, I'm here to tell you that sometimes the key to the way forward is by looking back, is by remembering what God has done so that you will not be afraid and can be strong and courageous as you walk into the future. Children of Israel, once they crossed the Jordan River, then they had a clearer view of the next obstacle, and that was Jericho. And wow, the stories that will be told after that. But they had to have that moment where they crossed one obstacle to say, God, all our lives you've been faithful. All our lives you've been so, so good. And they remembered that God does not change. His character is the same. He will not change. His methods of conquering the obstacle may, but he does not change. They had no idea what was gonna await them in Jericho. They had no idea that God was gonna tell them to, to do this seemingly crazy march around a city and, just, and then blow a trumpet. That was not the method that God had used in the past. His methods may change, but his character did not, and he was always wanting them to take a next step. So what has God done in your life this year? 
personally, in your family, if you had to, to hang the, the hook of the story of the year on, on two or one or two events, where has God shown himself faithful in your life? Some of you say, man, Pastor John, nothing. This has been a terrible year. I am, boy, it's just been bad. God has been absent. Can I just remind you that you are alive and that you are here in this room and that you have been given an opportunity today by the Lord to respond to his word once again. And for that, God is shouting into you and saying, I'm still faithful. Scripture says it this way, that even when we are faithless, God remains faithful because he cannot disown or, or deny or contradict himself. Even in our faithlessness, God is faithful. How has God been faithful in your life? What about Calvary Church? We mentioned a minute ago with different things as far as the vision that God has been doing here at, at Calvary. It's just been an incredible opportunity. But as we conclude today, the team's gonna come and we're gonna, we're gonna wrestle with some of these questions that God is faithful. His word is true and no matter our faithfulness and our faithlessness, God remains faithful. How has he shown his faithfulness this year? And what next steps is he asking you to take? I, I was challenged by the application of this this week as I was preparing and, and just really trying to put in very practical terms, God, how are you taking me as husband and, and father and the family uh, here at our family, navigating the obstacles and next steps? What are those for us personally? But then putting pastor hat on as Calvary Church. What, God, where do you have us? In fact, I said in the, the nine o'clock service that I kind of wrestled with even um, preaching this message this morning because we, we did another version at the end of last year. And I said, God, it's, it's kind of the same thing. Like we're talking about advance again and it was just the Holy Spirit saying, yeah, you need to get it. Like you really need to, to get it sealed in our hearts. And so I'm just telling you that from a from a leadership perspective, it is one of those things like, okay, God, we're gonna get this. We're gonna, we're gonna hear, we're gonna listen really closely because there are obstacles that God has for us that I believe that he's wanting us to take some next steps. So how do, how do we do that? Well, there have been challenges that we've encountered this year that I believe we have crossed over into a new um, um, era as far as what God wants us to do is, and our impact here in, in the triad. And I'm so grateful for that. Every week, people's lives are being changed and people are committing their hearts to Jesus. Last week in our Christmas Eve service, 12 people gave their lives to Jesus and said, I want to begin my life anew. It's incredible. That's a, that's a, that's a great opportunity for us. And yet we're at this crossover moment where I think it would be good for us to look back as well. So in a minute, you're gonna have some personal application from this, and we've got some just some, uh, some tokens that, that you're gonna come and you're gonna get for your family or, or the, the group that you're with, or if you're just here by yourself individually, just a little stone to be a reminder of God's faithfulness, and it's just a word on it. It just says faithful. But corporately, I think it would be great for us to do that and celebrate a little bit about what God has been uh, doing here at Calvary Church. I did this past week, I reached out to some of the, the past leaders here at Calvary and I was just like, had a moment just reading through some of the stories and how God has been faithful. And I wanna pull most of these comments from an email from our former pastor, Pastor David Crabtree, who's pastor here for 30 plus years, um, on, on, on whose shoulder I, I, shoulders I stand and uh, the foundation it's just incredible what God has done. 
He shares a story of 1988, um, a building program that some of you in this room may have been involved in in 1988, a building program that had stalled after being denied from financing institutions four different times. Four times, hey, we're gonna do this. Nope, you don't have the, the financial footing there. Nope, denial. Only to, after several prayer meetings and different conversations, to find favor with another God-ordained meeting that resulted not only in the approval of the financing for the land, but also um, breaking ground on the land just a mere six months after that. So from purchase of land to let's build, that's incredible timetable there. Then further down the road to consider, uh, pun intended, down the road here on this piece of property at Pleasant Ridge, In 1996, the church was looking for some land to build and develop, and there was a 60-acre plot on Pleasant Ridge Road that the owner had initially denied with very uh, passionately denied selling to Calvary Church. Prayer ensued, and a a strategic conversation with uh, the pastor, Pastor David and the landowner, and he immediately agreed to sell 26 acres of that plot, which we currently sit on right now. Not only did they agree to sell it immediately in that conversation, that land in full was paid off in 100 days. No debt on that land. Can someone say God is faithful? Some of you have had this conversation with me and, and uh, let me just plant this seed. As we talk about legacy stewardship and as as it relates to what God has for us in the future, that 60-acre plot of land, the remaining acreage of that plot is still vacant. Who knows? I don't know. I haven't had a thus saith the Lord. But as God leans into this idea of us expanding our space as it relates to in the educational space, they're not making any more land. Who knows that God is... uh, wanting us to lean into that in this next step as well. I don't know what, what, uh, what the future holds there, but it would sure be great to have more room for expansion. Some of you need to latch onto that and consider that as a moment of prayer for you right there. That's not in the notes, that's, that's extra. 2001, Pastor David has shared with this story when this building here, um, was just steel, there was no, it wasn't finished, it was just a steel structure. Finances were very tight. The process had bogged down and there was a lot of discouragement in the church. And pastor came up here one night um, in 2001 and he's told this story here in this pulpit, I believe it was last year, when this steel was all around this building and just in the back of this room, in the balcony area of this room, probably not OSHA approved, but he came in after hours and just sat on one of the beams back here And I can only imagine because of the weight that he had to be feeling in that moment, the, the grief, the anger, God, you've brought us this far, and yet the money's really, really low here. And he tells a story, and he said, he said in his email, he said, someone with a capital S, someone came and sat beside me that night, and they just spoke peace, and encouragement, and a be strong and courageous, Joshua. I didn't bring you this far to leave you into that moment. He said, I don't know what happened, but the Lord sat beside me on that that beam that night, 
and he described the presence of the Lord literally coming in and giving him peace and erasing all of the fear. And, and, and from that moment, the finances began to tick up. The building was finished on schedule and $250,000 under budget. Can someone say the Lord is faithful, that God is faithful? See, I, I just know that if you would have walked through that process, that would have been a bigger applause right then, and I understand that. But some of you that walked through that, you're shouting in your spirit to say, I know, because I have the memorial. I have the stone to prove it. And I, I know that sometimes when we don't walk through the journey, we become, you know, that, that, okay, great, or whatever. But if it's your victory, if it's your 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 um, um, model of God showing his faithfulness to you, then, then my goodness, my goodness, we can't help but be amazed at what God is doing. It goes on to st- tell so many stories. Church, my heart is just so, so sensitive and my, my words are failing me and I apologize, but I just know that God has, God has more for us as a church. I love what Pastor David shared. He said in his email, he said, in the early years of Calvary Church, we... We made a decision to always be a missions giving and missions sending church. And that foundation has never failed, nor does it to this day. And if we'll continue to put God's heart as a priority and following after him, these next steps that God has for us are significant. God is faithful. God is faithful. He wants us to cross over, yes, but once we do, it's very appropriate for us to take a moment and remember how he's been faithful in the past. And we're gonna do that today corporately and individually. Would you stand with me all over this room? What I wanna ask you in just a minute, the team's gonna sing this song and we're gonna, gonna spend a time just as, as a commitment. And I know some of you uh, uh, may, it may push you out of your comfort zone a little bit. Just forgive me. But I would love for us to have a moment where we Remember God's faithfulness for your families, for what God has done in and through your lives this past year, and then to agree together that God is going to show himself faithful to us as a church in 2024 as well. And in the front, on these steps here in front of me are these little, just these little stones, and they just say faithful. I want to encourage you, if you're here with your family, please Please do that together or whatever. If you're just here by yourself, we've got, I think we've got plenty. Just take one of these and we're just gonna fill in this altar space here at the front and just make this moment a moment of consecration that we would say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for being faithful. And God, thank you for pushing us and for leading us into what these next steps will be. So Father, I pray right now as families, Just focus on your faithfulness, God. Let it be encouraging to us, not just to look backward, but to also look forward. And we give you all the praise in Jesus' name.